Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to episode 102 of Spark of Rebellion, the weekly Star Wars podcast brought to you from the galaxy, just in the middle distance. I'm one of your hosts, Mark Asquith, the uh, the charming, good-looking, mildly egotistical partner to uh, the three-inch taller, much hairier, mildly, mildly and marginally less talented in some areas, wildly more talented in other areas. Uh, Gary Aylert, if you want to list those areas that you're more talented in right now, I would be delighted if you would do that, guys. So shoot, hit me, what you got? <laughs> I'll give you two, um, another ah. one, <laughs> if you need it. I do, talking about being the hairiest one, mate, I'm, I'm just living in a hat these days. I didn't, I couldn't get to the barbers in the, in the UK, we, uh, we came out of lockdown, or eased out of it a week ago. And uh, I haven't been able to get to the barbers yet. I'm going this Monday, but mate, I'm definitely the hairy one at the minute. I'm just living in a hat. I think I sleep in a hat as well. It's ridiculous. Living in a hat. Living in a cardboard hat. Remember exactly. that song, Living in a Box? It was on uh, Masters of the Universe. Remember that with Dolph Lundgren? Oof. Oof. Uh, I remember the song. I don't remember the Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, I don't remember the Dolph Lundgren thing. What? Sorry, what? Mate. You have to watch it. You don't remember the old He-Man Master of the Universe thing from like the 80s with Courtney Cox and uh, the guy who plays, um, what's his name, in, uh, in in Back to the Future, the teacher, the slacker. You know, that guy, the shotgun guy. Oh, dude, he was no, I remember, the, I remember the film, obviously. I remember the... Uh, oh, good. Of, yeah, of course, yeah. But I don't remember the song being in it, though. Was that song in it? Well, it says Courtney Cox comes out of her takeaway humdrum lifestyle job to get into the van with Kevin, who is her boyfriend, just before they get dragged into an intergalactic battle for the cosmic key. It's on for about 10 seconds. I read you. So, yeah, blinking yeah, in the it. car. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's yeah, a very yeah. loose oh, uh, a loose link to that song. <laughs> Um, in it just, in it just. And it makes yeah. you wonder how much royalties they get from that to this day. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not like it was, right, hiya, is that composer of song? Which song? The box song? Yes, it is. It's Peter Jackson. What are you doing here? And not because he's famous, just because they're glad to see him. But I want to use your song. It, you know, it's not Lord of the Rings. Instead, it's Masters of the Universe with the bad guy from Rocky Four. You know what I'm saying? And on paper, that works. So what is it? Six quid a year? Are we saying royalties? Fiver. Round it down. They probably get a crisp five pound note in an envelope in the mail. <laughs> the royalties are here, mum. Let's go to the chippy. Let's go to the chippy. <laughs> oh, £5. oh, what a digression! <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Get some curry sauce on it. Ooh. 
were splashing out because the royalties have come in. What a, <laughs> what a, what a digression that was. But intergalactically re- related, so we can pull it back to Star Wars at any point. Now, we are going to talk about uh, various planets. We're going to talk about a wonderful planet from the Star Wars universe in the random spotlight. We're going to talk about um, a potential new surprise release on Disney+. Plus, We're going to talk about some toy and or display news, depending on how you choose to use this thing. Uh, we're going to talk about something that is pretty sweet when it comes to the world of inventions in the galaxy of Star Wars. We're going to talk about some books, and we're going to talk about something that is highly likely to be complete bollocks. So that's rounding out the entire episode today. But before we get to that, I'm going to ask you, what did you do this week in Star Wars, guys? How's the book coming along? I know you... Do you know what? In fact, don't even answer. Because I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, watched a couple more Clone Wars. Skip that. Get past that. That's a given now. You've not watched any, have you? Brilliant. Now, I look a twat. It's your own fault. Yeah, jumped ahead, didn't I? Shouldn't do that. Makes an ass out of you and me. Oh, that's a good one. I heard that for a while. I did not watch any Clone Wars this, this week, but I did watch the two Clone Wars from the Vintage Collection on Disney+. Plus Because they are so me. good, man. They're good. They are, aren't they? They are good. I wish they'd have continued that, you know. Yeah? Yeah, for some reason I thought they did those as little mini episodes, but on Disney+, Plus they're just two separate one-hour long features. And they're bad. I'm fairly sure there were episodes, weren't there? They were, they were so. like short ones, weren't they, originally? I think so. And then you bought them on DVD. I had them on DVD years ago, mm. and they were in that hour-long thing, but I'm sure when they broadcast them. Anyway, they are badass, man. That fight between How's the animation? And, and, oh, dude. Oh, just the art style. It's that classic. Although The Clone Wars has got a, a really cool style to it, and it's the CG. It's like the Pixar version. You know, that's got a certain coolness about it but this hand-drawn style it's just amazing man absolutely amazing i love it and that fight between anakin and and ventress is just off the charts so good so yeah i dived into that dude watched both both parts of that uh knocked off another nice. chapter of the book i'm not sure on this book you know dude i'm not sure on this book because i don't know how far if you've started it yet but if anyone else has read this but the first three chapters, all it does is just tell you what happens in the films. <laughs> well, I agree. I've got some thoughts on this because I was this. I'm kind of glad you brought this up because I wanted to briefly touch on it. So, how far in have you got with it? So, at the end of chapter three, yeah. Um, so, like, where's you know what's the, where's the story up to? So it's up to um, they've told they've told us well. The author has told us in detail on, about. Um, how I'm going to consult my notes, consult my notes. One second. Oh, good. So, I've got some notes here as well. Yeah. This is awesome. This is why we do a podcast people. Of course. Yeah. So the author has gone into great detail about how Qui-Gon freed Anakin from, from Tatooine. Yeah. And I say detail. I mean, basically what they could have, <laughs> they could have just replaced these first few chapters with in the film, blah, blah, blah. And in the film, blah, blah, blah. So I've just finished a chapter called Two Mentors, which is essentially mm. around um, uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan. Because at the end of chapter two, Qui-Gon gets killed by Darth Maul from the film, now in the book. Um, Spoiler. And it's a yeah, pretty short chapter about uh, Anakin being hot-headed 
Obi-Wan, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I, there's nothing original in it, dude. I thought it was going to be, it was going to uncover some some uh, EU stuff or some subplots around some infight in between these dudes and stuff like that. But it's at the moment, it's just a retelling of the film. So I'm confused. What about you? Yeah, I'm sort of in a similar boat. So I think I'm around the same place. I've just I've just finished the first Battle of Geonosis. So I'm sort of half the way through. In fact, I'm pretty much at the end of Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in the book, which is hilarious that we're even saying that. Um, but I, <clears throat> I sort of started on the same path, and I agree with you where I was like, well, this is, what's the point in this? But mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's, any different to a retelling of the films. I've got the sort of three parts to this book. And I think it does three things. I've written them down. I'll look over here. Number one, look at it by the screen. It sort of interestingly, and it, this is now and again. All right. All these three things are now and again, because largely you're absolutely right. That's exactly what it does. But now and again, it does these three things. Number one, gives you views of Anakin from the perspectives of other people to add a little bit of depth to Mace Windu being a bit of a knob and, you know, Yoda worrying about it. Like it sort of now and again gives you a little bit more. The next thing that it does is the other side of it. It gives you views of the world as seen through Anakin's perspective, like that exposition that you wouldn't get in the films. So some of the mindset stuff around why he was so embattled against Count Dooku in Attack of the Clones. Why did he dive in? And you sort of you sort of don't think to yourself during the film, you just think, well, it's Anakin being Anakin. You don't think, wait a sec, he's actually just killed all these people and lost his mum. And his missus, Padme, has potentially just died as well out of the, out of the transport. You, do, you sort of don't think about that from his empathetic perspective. So that's the second thing it does. The third thing that it does that arguably is all right is it brings together, maybe for the first time ever, into one linear, canonical story, hindsight. So what I mean by that is it brings in, like, here's here's the, 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 the framing of these three prequel films so far, but here are all these other stories, like Queen Shadow, Master and Apprentice, um, every everything else that went into... You know when they released the films and they were like, yeah, but these films get better when you read these other things were released most recently. Like it's the first time all those have been pulled together into this one telling of the story. So for that, I'm all right with. But mm. yeah, it's like the Snyder cut for the prequels so far. Um, yeah, yeah. In it, and it, and I have to admit, I was reading it. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a little bit bored of this. I nearly put it down like three times. And I was like, no, persist, persist, <laughs> persist. But yeah. It, there's nothing new, is there? You're right. And I'm terrified about when it gets to the sequels. Because yeah, it's either yeah. going to be really bad or add a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I'm just waiting for that that uh, that moment where I'm like, ooh, okay. The yeah, addition yeah. some dirt. Yeah. Because the, the title's shell. quite yeah, the title's quite deceiving. Makes it sound like it's a bit of a Kardashians thing. Not that I'd want it to be that, but you know. Anyway, it's okay. okay at the minute. It's just a bit boring so far. I agree, man. I'm with you on that one, definitely. We'll see how we get on with it. Well, let's get to the news. But before we do that, let us know. Are you reading the uh, Skywalker family saga, A Family at War, by, uh, I can't remember the lady's name. Uh, what's the lady's name? You've got it there, haven't you? Yeah, mm. Kirsten Baver. 
Kristen Christ, Bieber. Kristen Bieber. Sorry. Kristen Bieber, yeah. Sorry, Kristen. Um, okay, so we're going to get to that. Let us know if you've been reading it. Let us know. Rebellion underscore Spark on Twitter and do a search for us in your social apps of choice. And do remember, if you want to join the club, if you want to become a patron here with Spark Rebellion, you can do so at patreon.com slash spark of rebellion now star wars detours or detours depending on where you are from as reported by jedinews.com the fantastic website uh, that does a far better job than us of reporting the news of star wars has said that um when when disney bought the star wars franchise the brand and all the ip and all that sort of stuff uh, they sort of sidelined this Star Wars Detours project, which I don't know too much about, but it's a CG animated comedy um, with a very distinct sort of Angry Birds-esque style animation. And uh, it's really a bit of a parody of Star Wars and the universe. And, you know, I'm actually quite interested uh, in this. And it's 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 got uh, D. Bradley Baker in there, Felicia Day. So a couple of, you know, fairly heavy hitters. Um, of course, it's got Weird Al Yankovic. Why would it not have? And, and a few other sort of people, including Ahmed Best and Anthony Daniels returning. Oh, and Billy D. Williams as well. So you sort of got this weird mix. You know, it's this kind of weird little thing. It's sort of a, its own parody of itself, Star Wars parody in itself, uh, which we know, of course, Robot Chicken and, and, and many other things have done in the past. Um, but there's a rumour that this might drop on Disney Plus, dude, on, on May the 4th, which would be a, a cute little surprise because they've got to have something up their sleeve for May the 4th. That's coming round. We've not really heard anything about what they may or may not be doing for to, to celebrate start that Star Wars date in the diary. So I've got to admit, I didn't know much about this, um, but as I've read into it and as we've gone through that Jedi news piece, it actually looks all right. It looks like a bit of fun, dude. It does indeed, yeah. I can't believe it was 2012 when this was first announced. Crikey. Crikey, mate. It was, re- it was a really good trailer as well. I remember when the trailer dropped. Everyone lost their mind for a bit because it was this really cool... Um, a really cool art style that was removed from the Clone Wars stuff and anything else. And it brought a bit of light relief. And I think at the moment, more than ever, that's really needed for Star Wars. Because Star Wars can get a bit heavy at times, you know, when there's a new film out and stuff like, you know, The Mandalorian. And, you know, it's all, although it's an adventure and it's fun and stuff, along with fandom and all that nonsense, it can get really heavy. So I think this is really needed, just a bit of light relief and just a bit of a laugh. It's completely non-canon. It's completely isolated. It's just a laugh, really. So it's really cool. And um, yeah, I'll have to dig uh, dig the trailer out and give it another watch because I remember being excited for it and then they pulled the plug. So when Disney bought out Lucasfilm, they were like, yeah, that looks really great, but we're not doing it. But you said it looked great. Mm, we're not doing it. Now get that out of my sight. And that was it. Nothing else. So it would be Do cool. Do you think it was a... Uh- because of the parody thing. So let's jump in, dude. Do you think mm. it was because of the parody thing? Do you think yeah. it was like, okay, we've just bought this. We can't let out this parody of the IP that we've just spent billions on? I think so. Yeah. Because it's made by, uh, what's the dude's name? Is it uh, Seth Green? You know, that you know, um, he did mm-hmm. Robot Chicken, the whole Star Wars parody yeah, yeah. thing with the toys and stuff. So I think it would have been, right, we want to, we want to have a serious stab at making some new films and stuff. We can't have this parody you know a mockery of what we're about to do um Mm -hmm. and the subject matter so i think that's it dude yeah because if it wasn't if it wasn't a parody but just an animated show that was just had some comedic value to it then it probably would have been fine but i think it does take a few jabs at some of the uh the the well-known flaws in star wars so yeah dude what about you you up for this yeah i mean like i said i don't know too much about it it's um 
it just looks interesting though. It's one of those things that that will 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 just be a bit of fun. And like you said, I think it's all right for Star Wars fandom to have that right now. Um, you know, we've got the Bad Batch landing on May the fourth, which is going to get all the attention. Let's be honest, and, and probably rightly so. Um, yeah, everyone's got high hopes for that, and 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 it, you know, it, it would be a nice time to put this out because it's sort of it's big enough to be big enough but it's small enough to go under the radar alongside Bad Batch. So I think it's it's one of those sort of, maybe it's in this bit of a Goldilocks zone where it's just warm enough to put it out. You know, it's it's just about right to put it out and or sit on it forever. But I think if you're Disney and you're wanting to put more and more content out, because frankly, you need to, um, I, it's, it's, it's interesting that, that they would do it. So I'm, I'm sort of of no opinion on the content. You know, I think it, it looks fascinating. It looks interesting. I, I see no downside to put it out. So if it comes, it comes. You know, all well and good. I'd, I'd be quite interested in that. Um, so we'll see, dude. Uh, but that's not the only thing. We, we've had a bit more news on some toys and some collectibles. So it was th- it was this week. It was the the uh, Hasbro live stream, the Pulse Fan Fest, the Hasbro Pulse Fan Fest, where they've put out a lot of Star Warsy stuff. They've, I mean, they always do, don't they? The, the Hasbro stuff is always just very busy with all sorts of IP, but inevitably included some Star Wars stuff. And the one that caught our eye in the news and the reporting um, was the Wedge Antilles X-Wing helmet um, under the Black Series label. Um, so this is a life-size helmet, dude, and it's got a picture of Wedge on there. You know, you, as you can imagine, it's got uh, a couple of variations of Wedge, the older Wedge that we know from Rise of Skywalker, the younger Wedge um, from back in the day. And uh, it's a nice little battle simulation helmet. Fits, you know, it's 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 a wearable. It's got all the apparently it's got a very soft interior, so it's very comfortable. Um, unlike a lot of these things, whether you whether it's the Star Wars ones or because we've we've seen a couple of these in the last year come out as well, or whether it's like the Power Rangers ones or anything else that you might collect, they've got the battle sounds built in. They've got the internal speakers. Um, it's, I mean. It's just a nice collectible, dude. You know, it's one of those things that you you could very easily uh, treat as a toy, or you could stick on a stand on a on a on a display case and just enjoy seeing it and, and build a collection up. So it looks quite tasty, man. It's definitely one of those. If you've got a if you've got a bit of brass to chuck at a collectible, it certainly would be up there on the consideration list for me. I think. Mm, definitely looks tasty. Man, these tasty. always pass me by every time. So when the stormtrooper version came out, I was like getting that. Didn't get it, and this goes on and on. But the um the other one they did the rebel, the rebel fleet helmet that was wicked. That one, it was just. And the thing that's cool about these black series helmets is that they're quite authentic on the inside as well. So you know you mentioned you got that padding inside, and you can actually pop it on and look like. What are you doing? Flying an X-wing. What are you doing? All right, leave you to it. See if you want to, you can dive into that whole thing and <laughs> and do that. So they're really authentic from the inside as well. They're not like um, super high end collectibles where on the inside you've got like some of the uh, the five hundred first dudes with their stormtrooper helmets, as uh, many of many of you will know. As um, they've got like voice boxes, little speakers, and they've got like a little speaker somewhere, and it sounds just like the little radio sound. <laughs> you know, from the film and stuff. So you've got all that going on, but these are just a really nice, really simple thing. And uh, I can just bloody, I can see what's going to happen, man. I'm going to spend a bloody fortune on eBay just trying to get all of them now. I think they're about That's 100 That's the problem, is when you don't yeah. get them? Yeah, That's I think it. about 100 pounds yeah, when they is. come out. And now they're going to be like 200, 300 pounds each. Ugh. Yeah. Can't believe it. Can't yeah, believe it. it's a tough one, that dude. I think, you know, 
because they come at a time, they always come at a time where you're like, nah, I don't want to spend on that. I've got to get, you know, what, got to buy a fence or fucking some crap for the house, you know? <laughs> and you're like, look at me, I'm an adult now. So, and then it's sort of annoying, isn't it? like you said, because then in two years' time, you think, right, I'll get one. And then you think, wait a sec, I'm, I got all my fences. Now I can afford to buy it. And you know what I mean? Like you said, you end up spending way more than you should do, but then you've kind of got the OCD, you've got to get them. I've done that loads of times, man. Um, the only thing I said no to was like the, the red hood. I've got some little... Down there, I've got some figures, the uh, Cotabakias that you can mm. see if you're oh, watching cool. the live stream of this. Yeah. Little Cotabakias down there, and the, the, the DC ones. But I don't want to spend 50 quid on the Red Hood, but I know I will. <laughs> I know I will. Like, I will. absolutely know that I will. I'm just building up to it. I said no to it at Christmas. I was like, I'm not going to buy it. But And these are the same, dude. And they get you. They always get you. You will end up with them. I love it, but it's depressing at the same time. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Well, don't be too depressed because it does look badass. <laughs> and maybe you'll, you know, maybe you'll have the gumption to pick it up. I know we'll not do because we're tight, but, you know, maybe mm. we'll have the gumption to pick it up. Um, speaking of things that we're going to pick up, um, we've got some more books that have been announced and the next wave of the High Republic stuff, which I think we're getting into now. I'm, uh, <clears throat> I'm sort of on two book threads at the minute with Star Wars outside of this Skywalker stuff. Personally, I'm doing the Throne Ascendancy stuff. So I've got the next couple of books coming pretty soon for those. And then we've got the new High Republic stuff. So a couple of interesting threads. Uh, they've announced the next wave of the High Republic stuff. Now, I don't know about you, but I've not been into the comics. I've not read much of the comics. I've not read the junior stuff. I've read the the, the younger teen stuff, the Claudia Gray stuff, um, and the younger teen stuff. But I've not really gone lower than that and not, not touched the comics, which I'm sure I will at some point. Um, but in this new wave, we've got a couple of books coming out. And it seems, dude, that they are... Um, you know the original books? We had um, Light of the Jedi and whatever that Claudia Gray one was. Um, there were sort of two intertwined sets of timing that were kind of having a little bit of crossover, but not really that much. You know, there was you could you could tell that this thing was happening over here. The great hyperspace disaster was happening. They were both influenced by it. One dealt with it very clearly. The other one was sort of an offshoot of it. It sounds like they're just carrying that thread on. So these two separate storylines, then introducing some new junior novels, a couple more characters. Uh, but the two that are quite interesting to me are, um, you've got, um, where is it? Where am I looking now? So you've got The Rising Storm, which is a Kevin Scott book. And I really like Kevin Scott, I like the Dooku book that he did. Um, so this, this brings back your man. So this seems like it's a bit of a Light of the Jedi follow-up. Brings back your main men, Belzetifar, um, and Elzar Man and Stellan Geos. They were your kind of, Belzetifar in particular, you were interested in, weren't you, last time? Mm, yeah, um, and then you've got the follow-up. I mean, I don't know if it is a follow-up, but it looks like sort of the Out of the Shadows by Justina Island. Um, is is maybe kind of following up, um, not following up, but sort of follows the threads of the Claudia Gray stuff. And then there's another Cavan Scott Tempest Runner book, which is an audio um, book, which deals with Marchie and Rowe uh, and Lorna D. So Lorna D was one of the most interesting Nihil characters um, from the, the the original Light of the Jedi. So we've got we've got a few of these things coming out, dude, which are quite interesting. Um, and then we've got High Republic 6, which is is builders um, bringing together the Jedi with their worst enemy, so you assume the Nihil, against the hordes of the Drengir, or Drengir, however you say it. Um, and, I mean, that's fascinating in itself. I don't know if you've read the Claudia Gray book, but they introduced this sort of, this villain, 
this locust-esque Gears of War-y style swarm villain, the Drengear. And dude, I have to admit, man, they're like pretty much the most terrifying Star Wars villain in the new canon. Like the the the, the Nihil are very much a, you know, a, um, a pretty merciless and ruthless sort of crazy wild stuff. But these Drengear are, you know, pretty brutal, pretty pretty dark stuff on there. So some interesting stuff, man. How are you feeling about this? How are you feeling about the High Republic in general? Anything you got your eye on? Yeah, yeah. So the High Republic stuff, I think, is going in the right direction. I think they need to keep the momentum going. After that initial wave of stuff, um, I think it would be, it would just kill it if they just didn't release anything for ages. They need to keep that stuff going. And Kevin Scott, he's a busy chap, isn't he? Kevin Scott, Jesus. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of things. So obviously the 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 bulk of the main storyline, I think, is going to continue through these adult novels, and the Rising Storm is going to be the next one. That's probably going to be, um, tell us the most about the Nihil, I think. So I'm interested in that one. Uh, and then the other one, which is Out of the Shadows, which is the young adult novel. It's it, Although it's an, a young adult novel, it still looks pretty good. I think it's got some um, some decent stuff in there um, because that brings, um, uh, uh, who is it? Uh, uh, Venestra um, from the other book. Um, and it's like a sort of subplot that goes off and does that stuff which looks pretty good. And then they've also experimented with some Japanese and some manga stuff. The Edge of Balance uh, is a manga um, book, which looks pretty good if you're into that thing. Um, but I'm not sure about the title of um, uh, of the last one, Showdown at the Fair. Well, that's an 8 by 8 storybook, isn't it? So that's very clearly a, a very junior At the book, Fair. You know, and and, it's, and mm. it's got Buriaga, the... Uh, the Wookiee Jedi in. It's like, let's get the cute Wookiee in. The Buriaga. Overall, dude, yeah, a couple of these uh, have caught my eye. Probably um, mm. uh, we'll get these. But um, do we know when they're coming? Because that's important. Because if they take their yes. foot off the gas, then yeah. I'll give you a quick run through if you want. So, I mean, some of the comic stuff, very quickly, High Republic 6 is June 2nd. Um, there's there's a, a, a story inside of Star Wars Insider as well, which is... Um, it's, again, this is just about the Republic Fair. It sounds like it's a bit of a, a, a take on this showdown at the fair stuff. So that's coming June 8. Rising Storm, which is probably the first one that we're really interested in. The Cavern Scott one is 29th of June, which I think we've pre-ordered. Race mm-hmm. to Crash Point Tower, um, Daniel Jose Older, uh, which is the mid-grade novel, 29th of June. We've got uh, more comics coming out. I'll not go through those. Out of the Shadows, which again is the young adult one, which probably interests us July 22nd. Edge of Balance, September 7th. Showdown at the Fair, your favourite, is October 5th. Um, and Tempest Runner is August 31st. So we've got plenty going on because in that in that time frame as well, we've got a couple of Throne novels coming out as well. We've got the Greater Good and the, 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 the final one in the Throne trilogy um, coming out as oh, well. Yeah. So there's plenty going yeah. on, man. There's loads going on, isn't there? Yeah, so June, mm. July and August, we've got the High Republic stuff. And then in and around that, we've got the the Thrawn stuff. Oh yeah, dude, plenty of Star Wars reading. Like man. November, I think. Mm. Is it May and November for Thrawn? Yeah, I think so. I want to say October or November, one of the two. But some yeah, some decent um, Star Wars reading on the horizon, dude. It's all good. Plenty in there, dude. Plenty in there, and I am a fan of the uh, of the world that they're building. Like I said, the Claudia Gray novel was a little bit slow, but I think it was um, it's that almost that required 
Breaking Bad esque first two seasons. You know, you need a little bit of that in there. And I think it's difficult, isn't it, when the light of the Jedi came out of the block so strong and swinging with the big hyperspace disaster. Like we said when we reviewed it, you know, this they just took apart every construct that we knew about Star Wars. Uh, you know, when it came to safety, like hyperspace being the safe mm-hmm. place, it's difficult to come up with something that matches that time after time, isn't it? You know, that's a tough, tough ask. It must have been like coming after the Force Awakens. You know, what do you do next? You've sort of got to keep that momentum up. So, I, it's not an easy task, man. I wouldn't have thought. No, I mean, you'd love a stab at it, but yeah, not an easy one at all. Crikey! Mm. Well, do you know what's fascinating? I think. I think People do this like in Star Wars fandom, like you look you would love a crack at it and it's but it's easy with hindsight and their building blocks to build upon and say, Well, here are these five things that you did well that we'll not mention and the three things that I didn't like that I would build on your five things and do differently. Mm-hmm. But like they've got to think of the original five things that you do like and that you never mention. You know, you it, like we'd never have the talent and the skill and the creativity to do that. Um yeah. and it's like Star Wars fans, we do sort of give people a bad rap, don't we, a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah, I can talk yeah, as a as a creative, I can talk about that. It's like when I do a design, I put it out there. I've had to sort of come up with the some of the stuff, and then my manager comes along and he's like, "Nah, you haven't considered this, this, and this, mm. and you haven't done this." And yeah, so I, I completely appreciate that, man. It's difficult, very difficult. It's. I always I've got a phrase for that. Um, that is a very common phrase. Uh, talent overrides talent, um, and all it is is. Imagine that you've got a scale of talent on a one to ten. Don't get me wrong; you're up there. There's nine. Every now and again, you come across a ten. So, mm. and that's all I'm saying. I'm just going to leave that there. But mm. just leave that there. Something to think about. <laughs> <laughs> Something to chew on this weekend. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It's, it's not an easy thing to do. But speaking of creative talent. Uh, I don't know if anyone saw this, um, but Disney did a big release of all sorts of different things, and and they did a presentation um, around Disney parks, pretty much talking about the Disney World attractions coming up, the basically the opening, you know, of of, of the California and the Orlando parks because of COVID, and uh, they they talked about the Avengers Campus and all sorts of stuff. But he, th- these guys are led by Josh Demaro. He. Uh, <laughs> He lifted up this lightsaber at the end and just fired it up as a bit of vroom, you know, and just said, look, it's real. And then closed the presentation and sent everyone batshit crazy. Um, so this is quite fascinating, dude. Um, they, they filed patents or patents for these these things. Um, and we've seen a few of them. I've looked into a few of these when you look at it. A couple of people have deconstructed how this works. Um, and it looks badass, man. It's like a true, genuine-looking lightsaber. Now, it's not laser, of course. Um, but, and you know, I've done a bit of research into this, and a few people have deconstructed how it works. It's basically they've, they've filed these patents for these two tape measure-like objects to sit inside a, a cylinder in a container and they fire it up and it's you know, you know that the, the rigidity of a, of a tape measure is pretty good given how long it is and they've just done the same thing just cambered in the kind of tape if you like whatever it is fire this thing up looks pretty cool um and that's that's sort of how they've um that's sort of how they've done it according to a lot of people that have broken it down um but it's sort of weird like you think it's an april fool's joke you know what i mean Although I thought it was a um, a bit of a ruse at first, I must admit. I thought, what are they talking about? What are they talking about, Mark? Real lightsabers. Lightsabers? Yeah, because uh, the safety implications are off the charts for a start, you know. 
Remember Obi-Wan? Be careful. The lightsaber can cut through anything, anything. <laughs> but then it can't, you know. But then, like, yeah. There was a YouTube channel, this engineering YouTube channel that made a real lightsaber. Mm. It had like a massive battery pack with it, which is a bit unfortunate, but mm. they did manage Remember to do that, something. Yeah. yeah, something like that. So, but yeah, I can appreciate the the ongoing um, engineering to try and make something a bit, something feel a bit more, um, what's the word? Not authentic, because I think some of the replicas and the, the props that you can buy already are like pretty much bang on screen accurate, but just the physical... You know, that bit, you know, if you can mm-hmm. progress that stuff, then people will always lose their minds. The lightsaber is the most popular weapon, bar none, in science mm. fiction. So people always lose their shit over it, and, and rightly so. I think I'm going to lose my shit in a minute. Just the excitement of it. Yeah. Oh, you sound excited. <laughs> Real lightsaber. <laughs> Calm down. Birthday coming up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a funny one. It's... Uh, it's just, like you said, it's one of those, isn't it, where engineering progresses. And, but I can't, I can't believe someone's not had this idea before about the tape measure style construct. Because, like, tape measure's been around for years. Hmm. You know what I mean? Easy, isn't it, when you think about it? Easy. Just keep doing that. Put two lightsabers together. Jobs are good. Here you go. Gaz on the live stream. He's got a lightsaber. Oh, no, it's not a lightsaber. It's a tape measure. Yeah. Oh, don't confuse this. <clears throat> do you ever do that thing where you miss this, where you pull the... Uh, Tape measure out and like stand away from and like maybe extend it two foot, touch you with it and be like two foot from a twat. <laughs> uh, I wonder where you were going there, and I'm glad that you went there. Um, oh, no, I don't go the other way with it. Are you kidding me? That'd be embarrassing for me. Oh, that would, good God. That would yeah, I always do it. Rebound badly, big time. I do it all the time. Every time I get one out, someone be walking past and I'll be like, whoop, six foot from a bed or. <laughs> It depends what you want out of life, because you can also say things like, oop, six foot from someone that's about to make me a sandwich. Oh, I'm not making you a sandwich. Shut up. You know what I mean? There's loads of stuff you can do. It's, it's banter. And that's what, it's nothing offensive. And that's, you know. Because it wasn't vicious. It's a multi-utility <laughs> joke. I like it. And uh, the classics never die, man. Love it. I yeah. love it. I love it. Yeah, I got taught <laughs> that by, uh, by someone that I don't talk to anymore. I think I took it to heart a bit too much. <laughs> mm. No, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Right, so... Let's talk about this lightsaber a little bit more. Would you, would you have one if it came on sale and what would you pay for it? Because obviously it's not a laser. How much would you pay for this? Mm, if it was if it was a if it was a few hundred quid. Mm-hmm. 299.99. 299.99. Maserati thirty two hundred. Talk to me. <laughs> Maserati two fifty. You don't just cover him with a Maserati. Reminds me of my first wife, Giraffe. You take on me under the chin. You say, come on, what you got? I would say two ninety nine ninety nine, including VAT, and I'm and I'm there. Yeah, including VAT and shipping for me. So, wooden ladder, talk to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm in for yeah. it. I'm in for it. All right. Well, we don't know if these are going to be about. Um, last question: Which one would you buy? Whose whose lightsaber would you want? Um, whose lightsaber would I want? I'm going to say Windu. Because everybody oh. will go for Luke and Yoda, and I like the color purple. So mm. there we go. You? Well, I'm not going to go for the rare one. <laughs> That's for sure. That one's rubbish. 
don't want that one. You don't want the authentic Skywalker orange. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The classic. Well, this is where I'm going to go controversial on it. I'd probably go red. I'd go for like a, I'd want a Vader or a Maul one. You know what I mean? That'd be nice. That would be nice. Vader or Maul, a red one. Oh, I've lost your sound, Gary. Lost your sound. Or go dark. Go dark side. That'd be good. Yeah, I think my broadband's breaking up, but yeah. Um, but I mean, like the real popular ones, like Vader, Luke, mm-hmm. all that jazz, they're just going to go quick. Everyone's going to gravitate towards those ones for obvious reasons. So maybe the Ray uh, Orange Blade, leftovers, 100 quid. No one wants that. Get it on a sale, though. Give it away as a Christmas present. Job's a gun. Looks like it spent two ninety nine thirty nine. Easy as that, and it talked to me. I used talk to love to phone me. jacker. How hilarious was it? Hello. I'm in a library. <laughs> you asked for a two-bedroom <laughs> flat in Brighton. Do you remember the dude that Boop. dressed up as a squirrel and just chased people across the park? He's like, give me my nuts. <laughs> give me the nuts. <laughs> I love um. stuff like that, man. That, that era of comedy will never, ever get old. Like, that... I used to phone jacket in particular, like, and and when they did face jacket, it wasn't quite as good. But some of the stuff, like, with you know, Renato walking in for a shirt, yeah, I need a shirt. Renato, give me a tomato, make it fresh. <laughs> and you, like, you know what I mean? I want a shirt that's a little bit. You're like, what is this? What has been invented by this man's mind? It's wildly weird. I love it. Oh Classics. God, we should yep. we should do that phone jacket rewatch podcast. Anyway. Speaking of weird and wonderful things, and I'm saying weird and wonderful extremely loosely, uh, it's been reported by the exceptionally reliable when it comes to Star Wars news express website.co.uk, who has got it from none other than the absolutely non-hyperbolic, someone who would never put a title out there just to get clicks onto a video. It's come from Mike Zero on YouTube. I'm going to read this to you, all right? I'm going to read it to you. And I'm just going to, I'll just tell you the title and then I'll just read it to you because I don't even want to commentate on this one until I've read it in all its glory. All right. Star Wars reboot. Ray Skywalker. Controversial. Ray Skywalker. Quote unquote. Gives birth to new Jedi with Ben Solo in new series. Right. Here we go. Star Wars is said to be getting a timeline reboot in the coming years in a Disney Plus TV series. The latest report about the show explains Ray Skywalker will give birth to a child. Cade Skywalker may sound familiar who is based on a character of the same name from the original Star Wars books. Anyway, I'm not going to read it all, okay? Basically, all it is, is Ray's apparently having a kid, all right? It's going to be Jon Favreau that's going to be creating this new Skywalker character, and it's going to be a new version of the old legends, Cade Skywalker. But, explaining how this will happen, Zero said... He's different, as he is the son of Rey Skywalker. He's going to be born the same way as Anakin was. I don't even want to go any further with this one. Um, because it is rubbish. It really is. Like, make your mind up. Is it a reboot? Is it a timeline fix? Or is it just a continuation? Like, because if she's giving birth to a kid... It's just a continuation, isn't it? You know, it's just a continuation. So there's loads of red flags in this, dude, about it being rubbish. Um, I don't want to ask what you think because I know what you're doing. I know what you're going to do. I know what you're going to look at your face. I know what you're going to say. But what do you think of this, Gary? 
Just same old shit. Just in the it. same old in shit it. from these YouTubers, man. And I get it, right? I get it. You got bills to pay. You need to get people on the videos. I, I get it. But that's where it should stop. And you should caveat it. Right? If you, if you want to just have a... Because there's a, a big difference, in my opinion, between good old-fashioned journalism reporting and entertainment. And sometimes the lines blur a lot, especially on YouTube. So if you're somebody like Mike Zero or Doomcock, whatever then just say that, just say that. Just say, look, fans, I've got this really fun, interesting theory that I want to run past you all. What do you think? This would be cool, wouldn't it? Instead of trying to wrap it up in this, this is a real thing that's actually going to happen because some source over here said it, then cool. Just don't, just don't do that last bit of it, but get the clicks in, you know, it's all good. You know, grow yeah, your channel. Yeah, get the clicks. Of course. Yeah, grow your channel. It's all about growth. Of course. But uh, yeah, just the concept itself is, it's too obvious and it's too boring. It's like boring. Like, oh, Ray's going to have a kid in exactly the same way that Shmi fell pregnant and had Anakin. Why would we do that? Fravro probably looked at that and thought, why would we do that? It's already been done. Mm. This is not The Force Awakens, right? We're trying to do new stuff. Exactly, mate. This is rubbish. Rubbish, rubbish. And the good thing about it is, he's also said... 36-year-old actor Garrett Headland has been in talks to star as Cade Skywalker. A couple of things. Like, if this gets greenlit today, it's at least three years away. This guy's touching 40. You know, like, fucking hell. That's stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's put a 40-year-old actor in this role as a young Skywalker. So then you've got the option. Flashback to when Ray had me 40 years ago. Mm. Try and de-age, try and pretend he's 26, but let's flash back to when Ray had me 26 years ago. And then suddenly it's nearly 100 years ago since the prequels. <laughs> like, what the? Shut up. Yeah, exactly. There's flaws in... When you dig into it, there's always a flaw in these... Uh these elaborate Jeez. theories. But I'll tell you what, mate, what's going to happen is we're going to really destroy one of these theories as being completely ridiculous. And then it's going to happen. <laughs> and then it'll and we're going to look like yeah. idiots, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> I'm all right with that, though. I'm all right with looking like an idiot. Because well, we do, if we look like idiots, basis. at least we'll go... Yeah, exactly. Common, yeah. standard, normal Tuesday. But if we do that, at least we can say this is stupid and we're just going to go, whoops, <laughs> Turns out that that was all right. And, uh, you know, take that back. Isn't that cool? Let's see what it's like. Mm. But the thing is, <laughs> like, these are weekly videos, man. Well, exactly. They're weekly yeah. videos. Exactly. That's what I and said. And it's, it's always, yeah. isn't it? It's always it's the always same. Always the same. Always the same. And it's, <laughs> it is always like, yeah, always. it's always... Rift as Kathleen Kennedy does not want Garrett Headland to star in this new Skywalker trilogy because once he parked his car in her space. Do you know what I mean? It's all that shit, innit? Oh, God. <clears throat> Every time. Never mind. Every time. Anyway. Mate, it's, yeah, it's just rubbish, yeah. Good. Until it all happens, right. I'm in for it's that. rubbish. Yeah, yeah innit? <laughs> the thing is, we'll pick the, the, the worst one, you know what I mean? It'd be like the one that is clearly the stupidest one and it'll be that one that's true it'll be the one that we've trashed the most where everyone and Doomcock will be like 
Where's my Hello? public apology? Yeah. Well, yeah. Can you do me a public apology on your live stream, please, about why you should call me Genius Cock instead of Doom Cock? Well, yeah, no worries. <laughs> That's what you want to be called. I'm up for it. But yeah, I don't know. Until that happens, we call bollocks on this one. All right. Mm-hmm. That's good. Now, we're going to wrap up in a few minutes, but the random spotlight is back. Now, this is a segment of the show that we've not got to for a while because we do have a lot of news kicking in at all times, but we squeezed it in this week and the random spotlight will take an element or something, some part of Star Wars, and we'll just have a little chinwag about it and highlight highlight it. It's really useful for people that might be new to Star Wars or just to chat about things that we really like and enjoy from the lore. And... Gas picked this one this week. It is go on, Gas. Tell them what it is. Tell them what. Tell them about your car, your kung fu, and your and your review fu. and your bloody random spotlight section. Yeah, and your and your theories like doing cock. Yeah, this is Ilum, dude. The planet's Ilum. I came across this Ooh. while watching the the um, Clone Wars um, two parter in the vintage collection that I mentioned earlier. And there's a scene where Yoda, <laughs> it's a real cheeky Yoda. He's basically saying, look. Go to Willem, we must save the Jedi, because the Sith have found out about the uh, about Ilum. and there are two there are two Jedi, a Padawan and a Jedi there, and she's getting her crystal sorted out and she's constructing her lightsaber. It's all very good, and Yoda's like, "Yep, we need to go and do that." And they're like, "No, no, no, no! There's a war going on. We can't just go off and do that." And he's like, "We are going to do that," and then they're like, "No, no, 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 no!" And I think it's Padme's bodyguard, and uh, he uses the old mind trick. Yeah, we're going there, so shut up. And Padme's got a little smirk. She's like, yeah, I see what you did there. I had no argument, but it was he, he was arguing. So anyway, so yeah, it reminded me of how cool that planet is because as you know, dude, and anyone that's played um, the uh, the video game called, uh, what's it called? Kyle Kestis. What's it called? What's yeah, it called? Fallen Order. Fallen Order. Yeah, anyone that's played that will know that you go to Ilum briefly during the game and do all that stuff the ice planet and it's just a really cool planet because it's one of those things that has not been overly done we haven't suffered from uh ilum fatigue throughout star wars and i like that it's got a really cool air of mystery about it it's got a really cool um bit of history it was discovered um uh years and like donkey like donkeys years ago within the canon timeline and uh uh Obviously, the the byproduct are the crystals, the Kyber, the core of the planets, the Kyber crystalline, and then you've got all the crystals. And then the Jedi have found a use for that, and they've declared it a holy planet, a holy place and stuff. And then the Sith later on discover it and that sort of thing. So it's got some really cool history. I love the fact that the Jedi discovered it and used it to power the lightsabers and all that jazz. And as I said, we haven't got Ilum fatigue as yet. So I think it's a very cool planet. I'd like to see a little bit more, but not too much. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, dude. I think it's really nifty. And it, it, it crops up. It's one of those places that crops up sort of when you least expect it. And you're always glad that it does. Like, like you said in Jedi Fallen Order, you're like, ooh, okay, this is nifty. Um, you, know, you don't spend long there. It's a fairly linear little mission on that, isn't it? But it's quite nice to go and do it. And um, yeah, I, I agree, man. I'm, I'm with you on all of that stuff. It's fascinating. And, and the thing that fascinated me a lot about it was as well that it was it was one of the pieces of the, the sequel trilogy that really tied into the, the prequels and the, the Clone Wars with... The fact that it became Starkiller base, you know, they, they needed a huge Kyber to power an even bigger laser, as we know, you know, Rogue One and from Catalyst, the, the prequel, it was Kybers that were powering 
the Death Star laser, you know, and the 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 the, the fascist regime, because regime don't like it. You know, <laughs> they wanted to build a bigger and better one. So what better way of doing it than actually taking the planet? Um, and it wasn't really publicised that it was this planet. It wasn't really... It was sort of assumed because they've got a laser that's like the Death Star and it's snowy and it's kind of crystalline. It was just as implied that it may or may not have been. Then it's been canonised and it's become much more clear. And I sort of like that it's got an arc. You know, it's got a story. It's sort of... It's this ravaging of this one serene kind of place. It's sort of that mirroring of what's happening, you know, with the Amazon and all... You know, it, whether that's on purpose or not, but it's sort of that mirroring of what's happening here with various resources. And it's, you know, it, for human gain and for, 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 for tyranny and all that sort of stuff, where once it was a peaceful place. It's sort, of, it's sort of got this story arc that not a lot of planets have and not a lot of places have. You know, there's a lot of them outside of whatever, Tatooine and Dagobah, you know, there's maybe a handful of planets that have got proper little arcs and backstories, you know, just a handful of them. You know, you see Hoth, that's it. You see Hoth, that's it. We're kind of done with Hoth. We'll move on. Dantooine's thrown around a little bit. Even places like um, the place where Tarkin comes from, I forget the, the the name, begins with E, I forget the name, but, you know, you, you they sort of crop up now and again, but they don't have story arcs. They're just jumping off points. But Ilum's got this... It's got a tale to tell, so yeah, good choice, dude. It's it's one of those uh, it's one of those things that you sort of see on a night, you know, before you go to bed, and you're like, well, just have a quick research on that, and you spend an hour going down the Wikipedia sort of uh, rabbit hole a little bit on the back of it. So yeah, good shout, man. Good shout. Yeah, cheers, man. Yeah, it's a good one, and I think uh, I'd like to see us go back to Ilum in Fallen Order Two, where Cal can construct a new lightsaber, a decent one, now that he's. Uh, or somehow, you know, tweak the one he's got now, but construct a proper, because his one just looks battered it, to begin with. And then you do pick mm. up some parts, but that's like third party hand-me-downs, really. So I'd like oh, to, yeah. I'd like, yeah, yeah, I'd like to go back and uh, and form your own proper one with with like a new crystal, go through that whole thing and, mm. and do that. So, yeah, good planet, Ilan. Like it. To have the uh, the little random spotlight back as well to finish off off, off the episode. It's nice to just skip back uh, from a little bit of news, but we're going to stick a pin in it right there. This has always been fun. It's been a bit of a been a bit of a raucous one today. Some toy news, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of Monica. You know what I mean? Remember that song, Mambo Number Five, underplayed, underplayed. I'm number six. But yeah, it's been a good one, dude. Really enjoyed it. And for you tuning in out there, whether you watch the live stream over on our YouTube channel or whether indeed you are getting episode one or two in your podcast app of choice for free, as usual, thank you for joining us. It's always a pleasure. If you are doing something Star Warsy this week, hit us up on rebellion underscore spark on the Twitter. Let us know what it is that you're up to. Let us know what your views are on some of these news stories, some of these items. Have you dug into the planet Illum yourself? Uh, and until next week, just enjoy yourselves. Just stay safe, keep Star Wars, and keep doing what you do. Uh, And guys, I'll see you next week, dude. See you next week, buddy. Yeah, it's been fun as always. We will catch you guys again soon. As Mark said, take care of yourselves, and may the Force be with you always.